I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Chuck. Hi, I'm Ricky Lake. I'm Dr. Aaron Eugwin McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm James Goodlatte. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Je m'appelle Rick Safries, et c'est le podcast du gynécologue holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. In 2015, Richard Betts, a sommelier, published a book titled The Essential Scratch-and-Sniff Guide to Becoming a Whiskey Know-It-All. The book was a hit, yet it earned Richard the title of Wine and Whiskey Heretic because his book was deemed an oversimplification of the nuances of the chemical distillation of spirits. But what makes a good whiskey? If you find that you enjoy a $40 bottle more than a $500 bottle, does this mean that you don't get whiskey? Or is your experience of the whiskey yours, and yours alone? Many people consider me the heretic of obstetrics and gynecology, namely, but not least of which, because I am outspoken in my advocacy for home birth and against surgery and pharmaceuticals. Most women would prefer a natural approach and even more appreciate my holistic approach, wherein I consider the subtle energetics of the human experience in my approach to women's health. Is Richard Betts somehow different from other sommeliers in how he experiences whiskey? Am I somehow inherently different from other OBGYNs? I don't think so. Then why don't more OBGYNs do what I do? Let's conjecture together a bit. As children, and perhaps even earlier, while swimming around in the amniotic universe of our mother's womb, we are helpless but to reflect on the vastness of opportunities of which we become much less aware as we advance through life. This fire within inspires big questions. Where do babies come from? What happens when we die? What is love? When we are children, we are attuned not just to our concrete reality. Babies sort of seem like they're on an acid trip for the first few months of life. Children seem to be more in touch with the spiritual, energetic realities that bring so much richness to our lives. These realities express themselves through our imagination, invisible friends, and communication with plants and animals. As we age, confined tightly by the rigid walls of life as we know it, we become impervious to the subtleties of life. Work hard, make money, pay bills, have some sex, marry well, raise kids, retire, then die. Growing up in our materialistic society, we are rewarded with our ability to focus on the lane ahead. Sure, you can ask the big questions and seek enlightenment, but you will largely live on the fringe, as the taxman, attorneys, politicians, and many doctors haven't practiced truth-seeking since their adolescence, so there is little engagement with the, quote, supreme leaders of our land on the topics of consciousness, spirituality, birth, and death. Ignoring this flame reduces it to a mere flicker, though the embers are never entirely extinguished. The more deeply we become wedded to reductionism, the more practiced we become with ignoring the embers. But they burn on. This is likely the reason that so many of us suffer from depression and anxiety. The world that we have accustomed to ignores the deeper sense that there is more than this experience of merely the measurable. Carl Jung might also argue that schizophrenics, for example, are not crazy, but rather individuals who abruptly face the flame, like a bellow to the coals, giving this enchantment life anew. 
Perhaps they are merely connected to grander realities through voices and visions from beyond, to which we have simply fallen out of attunement. What makes me special in my approach to women's healthcare? I think the answer to that is that I wasn't willing to cave to the pressure of our society's dependence on reductive materialism. It was too hard for me, unlike for other physicians, to ignore the realities of dreams and spiritual experiences and the mysticism inherent in birth and death. In other words, I continued stoking the flames that were raging from childhood instead of ignoring them for the sake of a simple life and protocolized medical practice. Like many others who found spiritual awakening through psychedelics, meditative practices, or near-death experiences, my inclinations were validated through my own spiritual journey. I concluded that there is more to this human experience than a body comprised of organs. There are emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. It's far easier to ignore the contents of our dreams than to ignore the reality beyond the veil. Once you see it, you remember what your childhood self knew all along. Life is more than merely aging and dying. Medicine has uses beyond merely prolonging death. From this worldview, it became impossible for me to practice medicine the way that I was trained in the Western model or in alignment with my colleagues in the hospital system. So why aren't more OBGYNs open to this remembrance process? Because it hurts to remember. It hurts to embrace the reality of what we have been programmed to do. It hurts to embrace the unknown. So you ignore your feelings, ignore your doubts, ignore your intuition. In other words, it's far easier to stick to the plan, stay between the lines, and press forward. But pressing forward isn't serving us, as we merely respond to human experiences in birth, or death for that matter, with more medicine, more, quote, science. This is why 40 to 50% of frontline healthcare workers report symptoms of depression. They are all asking, is this all there is? But they brush these questions aside, distracting themselves from this greater knowing in order to keep their jobs and their lives intact. There's a lot of good that comes from modern medicine, don't get me wrong. But what could caring for humans look like if we considered the emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of the human experience and how we care for ourselves, our families, our friends, and those who seek us out for healing? Furthermore, for the benefit of our healthcare workforce, how might our lives improve if instead of ignoring the feeling that Things just ain't right. We embrace the unknown, the subconscious, the unconscious, messages from beyond, messages from Mother Nature herself, the power of prayer. Looking at the world through the lens of a child might seem impractical, but in my opinion, it sure beats pressing forward, as we have for the past several hundred centuries, despite the contrast between how we have been programmed to believe that life works and what our innate intuitive selves know to be true. You may not have access to all the answers through intuition. But could you be missing answers to some important questions by focusing solely on the measurable, quantifiable metrics in your world? Just stop and consider this for a moment. When we witness birth, what immeasurable factors are at play? Is a woman's experience relevant? If so, how do we measure that? Is your love for your child relevant? If so, what's the amount of love that you have for them? When a baby is born at home and their mother describes the experience as ecstatic, Is this useful? What can we learn from birth? When an old man is dying, how could it be that he is comfortable with his reality, but his family is tirelessly exhausting all resources to save him from his own mortality? This is why I do what I do. And I don't think I'm special. All physicians, and regular old Joes alike, still have the embers of childhood. They'll never be fully extinguished, though they may ignore them until they give birth or are faced with mortality otherwise. Embracing these new terms shouldn't imply 
that giving birth or dying are ever easy, nor the source of fear. These rites of passages are the unknown embodied, with a variety of immeasurable, even unnameable facets. That sounds pretty scary to me. But is the answer to these questions going to come through the medical sciences? I think not, which is why an intuitive approach works just as well, if not better, in birth or death than are reductive practices in medicine. Like the heretic of whiskey and wine, Richard Betts, I appreciate the role of subtlety, nuance, and experience in the healing arts. I find it possible to enjoy what I do without leaning too heavily on the expectations of my colleagues or the scientific dictates that would like us to believe that there is a, quote, wrong and a, quote, right way to birth or die. If we approach life with a willingness to ask hard questions and explore mythical stories, life becomes richer, like a drop of whiskey on the tongue. We can turn to a new story for the betterment of ourselves and our communities. This requires that we view the world through not just our physical eyes, but with the eye of the soul. In this new story, we don't ignore the embers, but rather fan them. Ignorance is a choice, and I choose light and love, not fear. Alza la frente en alto y camina bien. Alza la frente en alto. Alza la frente.